This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Well, how about the news out of Russia? Kremlin under attack. How much do we love this? Now, Ukraine right now is saying that it was not them, but who knows? Russia says Putin survives an assassination attempt. Drone attack on the Kremlin. That needs to go out so every Russian citizen can see it. The residents targeted. Now, again, Ukraine is denying involvement. But think how major this is and how glorious this is to have him on the run. As we speak, grief counselors are on standby but Tulsi Gabbard, Candace Owens, and Tucker Carlson, who have embarrassingly embraced Putin by spouting his Russian propaganda. He is our adversary. I would even use the word enemy. He needs to be eliminated. They will be defeated. I love the fact Zelensky is still standing and Putin now hunted on the run like a rat scurrying trying to find another hole to hide in i am applauding it they'll be rejoicing when he finally meets his maker the earth will be a better place when putin is gone and tulsi gabbard and candace owens and glenn greenwall and some of these other Putin puppet apologists, I despise these individuals that spout, and there's several more that I'm leaving out, that spout his propaganda. This international killer, goon, thug, gangster, who attempted to interfere with our elections, has met his match in the form of Ukraine, their economy now, Russia's economy is basically this equivalent to that of Italy. It's a joke. They are a gas station posing as a country. Reagan would be standing side by side with Zelensky to wipe them out. I also think President Trump will be relieved when Putin, I love the fact Assassin, assassination attempt to take him out i just wish it was us i wish wish it was the c maybe it is good cia ought to get back into the business of doing that they can't wipe him out fast enough and let me speak to some of the people that blindly follow these ridiculous talking points putin is not smart he's not a genius he's not our ally he is evil. He's an evil goon, thug, killer, gangster. I love the fact Zelensky's got him on the run. The drone attack, it's fantastic. Right there at the Kremlin. Firebomb them. They can't bomb them enough. Good. Keep bombing him. I hope they knock him out or at the very least just keep him on the run. Scurrying around like a rat. Good. That's the United States. That is freedom. That is what Reagan would have done. Now, our, at the end, at the end, when all this is over and Ukraine is victorious, even though people like Tulsi Gabbard and Candace Owens, who I despise and loathe these two traitors, keep saying Ukraine can't win. Well, let's see about that. Yeah, let's see about that. You also said it'd be over in a week. Let's see about that. Let's see when how about when Ukraine takes out takes out Putin? 
I hope they are successful in assassination attempt. God, they'll be cheering in heaven when that happens. And the scourge of the earth. And then let China think twice about what they're going to do. You know, we're going to make an example out of Russia and Putin and make sure that the Chinese are paying attention. And the world would be a better place with Putin not in charge. He thought this thing was going to be over in three days. It's over a year now. Think about that. And now the offensive. And now Ukraine, by hanging in there, and our, our European allies, and NATO, and going after him, and targeting him, and plus they're getting now all these extra, you know, very capable weapons. But I just like the visual of Putin having to be moved or run. Or even just the fact that Russia has to report on this assassination attempt. I am very black and white on these matters. And I single out those two individuals because they're very outspoken. They've been very outspoken about this. Now, this was also, I was and am somewhat was a fan of Tucker Carlson, but I completely disagreed with him on Ukraine. 100%. I never understood it. He put out a lot of false information on the bio labs. He had many of you fooled, others fooled. I don't fully understand it unless somehow at some point in his career, and I've said this in the past, that he had, you know, keep in mind those Russian oligarchs, and they were very, this bizarre relationship period of time with the NRA, with the, even the Republican Party. If you remember 2016, all these Russians were showing up at the Republican convention. I loathe them. I just have such disdain for them. And I, I just wonder if at some point during, you know, 2014, 2015, somewhere in that vicinity, I wouldn't be surprised, especially like a Candace Owens. There's been a lot of allegations that, uh, you know, the, the Russians in some way that they were actually the ones purchasing large amounts of her books, which would make her a bestseller. So therefore that, you know, put her into suddenly she's New York Times bestseller author. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised Tucker Carlson, before he got the nighttime show, he was just still trying to make a go of it. He was on Fox and Friends on the weekend. And and I, and he, and he, I think he was writing books and doing some other things. It, By the way, it would have been perfectly legal if some friends of the Kremlin we're somehow funneling money. I think there's a money trail of some way. Because otherwise, I, I, his whole America first, but suddenly just he was rooting for Russia and rooting for Putin. And even our own government, we're Jen, questioning some of the interaction he was having with them. His whole narrative on Ukraine was just bizarre. Um, I'm not going to, listen, I'm not going to kick someone when they're down. Tucker has his own challenges now these texts coming out and again i i have been a supportive of him i think it's un it's unfortunate that fox couldn't work something out i think he's a valuable brand however some of these texts that are coming out now where he's saying like that's not how white men fight that's what what's happening i know some people um, are nodding their heads like yeah there's no problem with that but I, I believe some of the information that's coming out with him is going to make it more difficult for him. As, as far as if he wants to go the route of sponsors, traditional route, sponsors and advertisers, make no mistake about it. If Tucker Carlson puts out content, there is an audience of people who will watch it, absorb it, want it, subscribe to it, whatever that may be. But as I've said, there was no secret. There was anyone that watched his show for the past year and a half maybe even two years now, it was definitely a problem with, um, you know, everything was my pillow and in uh, some, like just a, these small types of advertisers. Not That's not really not where the money is. That's not where. Fox delivers high ratings, but if you don't have people that will buy it, as far as sponsors and advertisers, then like what's the point? So now if he... If Tucker Carlson said, you know, I, I just want to do where I put product out and I don't have to worry about 
sponsors and advertisers. That's totally fine. And I think that may be the route to go. Um, that's that's something that, you know, it wears thin after a while and it grows old. Howard Stern got tired of that. He doesn't have to deal with that now being in series. Joe Rogan has, doesn't have to worry about that at Spotify. Uh, but Tucker was still in more of a commercial venue with Fox News, even though by all accounts, you know, it was not bringing in tremendous revenue. But if he goes the streaming route, and let's talk about that, then that's something you wouldn't have to worry about. I think some of the things coming out right now are not particularly helpful, but it's not the death knell it was when Bill O'Reilly left Fox. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon Pest services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining us right now, he is the columnist with the Boston Globe, the ever-expanding Boston Globe in Rhode Island, by the way. Uh, congrats on the latest pickup with investigative reporter from Channel 12. But, folks, he is Dan McGowan. And Dan McGowan, I want to start off once again, breaking news in Roadmap. It looks like you have learned that CCRI will have a new interim president. Yeah, Rosemary Costigan, who's been a, you know, not a household name necessarily, but she's the vice president there right now, is, is going to be named tonight uh, by the Council on Post-Secondary Education. She'll be named the interim, um, the interim president. Remember, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about this, you know, the departure of Megan Hughes, the, the president, she'll, she'll leave later this summer. That's a big blow it for is. higher education, for kind of stability at CCRI. Megan Hughes is kind of considered a, a bit of a rock star when it comes to yep. not just the higher education, but she was, she's, you know, she's on the, she's the, she chairs the Chamber of Commerce Board in Providence. Uh, you know, she's on the, the board for the Boston Fed, which is pretty, you know, she replaced Christina Paxson, the president of Brown. So, you know, kind of a big deal in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, from, from all accounts, uh, President Co- or, you know, the incoming President Costigan will be, you know, provide some level of stability. The big question is who's going to replace uh, Megan Hughes in the long run. And from what I'm being told, uh, it sounds like they're not even going to really think about the process for a search until... Uh, they fill the other open presidency job, the, the Rhode Island College job, which we've been talking about the last couple of weeks as well. And so it uh, could be a little while. It could be a year before you, you actually have a permanent president in place at CCRI. Uh, Dan McGowan, you also write in today's Boston Globe, don't let Rhode Island lawmakers punt on police reform again. And you you talk about the John, the uh, Gene Lugo, John Lugo, whatever, Gene Lugo case. But um it is remarkable when when you think about it. If 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 they weren't police officers in the type of productions that they enjoy, I I'm I'm unsure if there's any other line of work or any other type of worker that enjoys what they enjoy right now. And um, I mean, unless we're we're both missing something, I I don't know if there's going to be a lot of reform on this. Yeah, you know, this is one of those complicated things because I, I, and I think you probably agree with this, that you really can see the argument both ways, right? On one hand, like you said, you and I would not get the same protections uh, that, that, you know, are, are uh, you know, afforded to police officers. Then again, you and I are not police officers, right? And like, we do recognize kind of the, uh, the difficulty of that job. I think the reason I wrote about it this week you know, obviously stemming from that Lugo decision last week is because that case last week was the worst case scenario 
for almost everybody involved. You had a, yeah. you know, the city sort of overcharged or over, you know, was, was, you know, very clearly was more aggressive in trying to remove him as a police officer uh, without having all of the facts in place. Uh, and so then what happens, right? He gets cleared of a criminal charge, you know, months ago. So now it looks very much like, oh, clearly he's not going to lose his job. The city pushes for him to lose his job anyway. It triggers this Leobor, Law Enforcement Officers Bill of Rights hearing. The, the Leobor board comes down. Two members of the Providence Police Department say, you know, are, are among the people on this panel. And they yeah. say, eh, there's, you know, there really isn't, there's enough to suspend. There's not enough to fire. And so what it was it do? It provokes outrage among, you know, certainly people on the left, but I think even even more than just people on the left to say, oh, no, we have to get rid of this, you know, this law entirely. And the truth is the city probably, you know, really bungled this one, whether it was Commissioner yeah. Perry, Chief Clements, quite frankly, former chief um, and Mayor Lorza for really, you know, kind of doing something that was. You know, they, they needed to do this politically more than, I think, uh, more than, you know, kind of thinking it through. Uh, and so right now, you, know, you talk to sensible people, as Kevin Lynch, the, the, who runs the Police Chiefs Association, yep. we've got real, you know, tangible ideas for how to fix this, things that every, virtually every police chief in the state you know, wants to do, changing the, you know, the makeup of the board that oversees these hearings, things like that. You know, adding some days that you can suspend officer before it goes to these hearings. These are things that are, you know, pretty sensible. And I think even the police unions can probably get on board with. Um, but a case like that where you can put a little bit of doubt, you know, you, you can make the argument, well, that police officer was targeted by, you know, a politically uh, active mayor or, uh, you know, like an activist mayor. Or anytime you can throw doubts into this is where, state lawmakers kind of throw their hands up and say, oh, maybe this isn't the year. I will say, from some of the reporting I did, I didn't quite put this in the column, but from what I've heard, uh, there there probably will be a bill this year that, that, that uh, makes it through both chambers. The question is going to be, is there, uh, can, can both sides kind of come to an agreement and get something in the governor's hands? Yeah, McGowan, in the Leobor um report which was 56 pages long perry and he mentions the the dan mcgowan of the globe video now am i am i missing something i know the the globe did have video and i'm not trying to take anything away from you but (laughs) did he have that wrong yeah i thought it was maybe one of your colleagues that had the video yeah he he did right he did have there's a there's two references yeah two references of me in that report yes i i I actually said to one of the people that was involved in in the process one of the attorneys i was like just so it's clear i was absolutely nowhere near that uh, that night uh i I think it might have been my colleague alexa gagas who who had the video i thought so and i think and i think probably what what i can only assume was being referenced is Maybe Commissioner Perry saw me tweet, like retweeting something. But yeah, I, I find myself in there and that was not right. I, I, I absolutely wasn't there. It wasn't my video. It could have been my retweet, but it wasn't. certainly wasn't my work at all. Dave McGowan, when we step back from this, it is kind of appalling. I mean, Perry and Clemens, I'm sure at the pushing of, of the mayor, but I mean, they basically fired him without think of how many times we hear about we're going to go through investigation everyone needs to take a deep breath go through the whole thing i i I still contend you know lugo i he didn't need to do that he could have just been a good witness i i started there and then the night i was like i'd had enough i'd left but there were plenty of state police there capitol police there there was really no reason to get involved but um it is kind of surprising now how I mean, per- I thought Perry looked re- sounded looked really bad in that Leobor uh, review. Well, you know what's really interesting, John? Again, this is this is very inside baseball, but a lot of the people who are listening, uh, you know, get you certainly you would know the players involved when you think about Perry or Clemens. It shows you the uh, the sort of amount of respect that people that the certainly the two Providence guys on that uh, on that panel that was Lanny who's the number two now the chief the, yes. the deputy chief uh, and Bobby uh, Bobby Bohm who is the former union president uh, yep. by the way a great guy beyond reproach reputable right. all those things uh, it shows you that they uh, 
maybe kind of went out of their way to, to you know, stick the knife in him a little bit more so than Chief Clements, who I think Clements, kind, yes. kind of a, kind of a little bit. I mean, look, yeah. he broke it down. Yep. Chief of the Public Safety Commissioner, given the video, the you know, remember that's the that's the you know, an abortion ra- rights rally. Yeah. Uh, the, the the you know motions were high. I, I I can imagine us probably making a very similar decision. But to your point, I mean, these guys are in charge and are supposed to review all the evidence, do all that kind of stuff. They in some ways skated because the state police charged right away, and so right. when once you have a charge, you can say, "Hey, look, you're on leave, and we're going to be, you know, we're going to say we're outraged by this." But very clearly, I mean, you go back, you go in the in the initial trial, and Officer Lugo was was completely acquitted, was clear. Yeah. And then in this Leobor hearing, you know, it's very clear that the there was. A, a lot of questions about the, the witnesses or the, the victim in this case, uh, credibility. That's Jennifer Rourke, the former state senate candidate. Um, and Mr. Lugo was able, Officer Lugo was able to make at least a somewhat compelling case that right. Yet to him, and he was you know had his arm pulled back. A little hard to believe given this is a you know pretty fit officer versus sure. a woman holding him back, but still they were able, you know, they were able to make a clear and compelling case. And I, I do think I think the Leibler uh, panel did not hold back particularly on Commissioner Perry, who I guess it's easy to pour, you know, to, to, to pour salt in the wound now that he's not there anymore. They don't have to worry about him. Yeah. And uh Jennifer Rock as well, who yes. you know, her maybe uh night of events. And as I've told you I mean, I, I was leaving like I've had enough and then I felt it could was starting to change a little bit, but it was going to be over. And I t- the last person I saw as I was leaving was Lugo he came running up to me and I said, what are you doing here? And then he's like, I'm here to listen. And I I thought, oh, maybe he's helping as he's working undercover or something. And then, you know, everything that erupted after that. Folks, quick break. Much more head. Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401 885 4209. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, first of all, congratulations. Huge, huge Nick win. Uh, boy, the Heat, I think you tweeted out. I don't know how they, are, they were ranked where they were. They don't miss any shots, but that, that was a big time win at the Garden. Oh my God! I need. I, I wish I was there. Although it would have had to like take out a second mortgage just to get a ticket. Uh, but yeah, what a win! And, and John, you, because wow. you you spend so much time in New York when the yeah. garden is when the oh, garden is rocking, God. there is no place like it. And it was so fun to just to watch on TV last night. And then and obviously and also your colleague. Dan Shawcy had a great piece that the Boston Garden wanted to become the House of Blues. Between the Bruins Sunday night, folks, you can read all this in the Globe and the Celtics. And boy, a lot of pressure on Joe Mazzulla, uh, the new coach. A lot of he's people getting crushed to, right He now. is, he is absolutely. But hey, watching the end of the game, how Harden was then just left open and and totally lit them up. Now, also Dan McGowan, your colleague Amanda Melkovitz, uh, boy, the the as the story still turns 
And we now have a showdown with Skyline on whether or not it sounds like Thursday is going to be decision day. Yeah, this is the, of course, Dr. Mona's, Dr. Mata. Uh, you know, uh, uh, business down, you know, <laughs> down there in the in a water place park. And you know, the city's moving to evict him. He's making the kind of countersuit argument that uh, he that it was in place as it was implied to him that he was not going to have to pay, you know, several months of rent. And this is kind of an ongoing saga. But, uh, yeah, it, it does sound like tomorrow will be, a, you know, a major day in this, you know, in, in this saga. But my guess is that you know, you're going to see months and months of litigation. Um, uh, you know, this isn't going to end anytime soon. I, and I, I don't think the entire kind of situation sounds like really everything uh, Dr. Moda is, is involved in is, you know, it seems like it's likely to either, you know, blow up or end up in court. Yeah. Um, now, Dan McGowan, I also want to give you a chance because, folks, as, you, as people hear me mention, the formula that the globe is is using and between the coverage of the Boston Marathon right now, you have uh, plus last week was an incredible NFL draft. Plus you have the Celtics and the Bruins in it. But um, the globe Rhode Island continues to expand. And I'll give you a moment. I mean, your former colleague is going to be joining you guys, Steph Machado. Yeah, Steph Machado is coming over from Channel 12. You know, she's one of the top people over there on the, the that I team or the, the Target 12 team with uh, you know, Tim White, Ted Nisi, and Eli Sherman over there. And uh, we're really excited about this great partnership. We're working with Rhode Island PBS. And so Steph is still going to do some TV work, um, not quite as much, obviously not day to day. And she's going to do a lot of writing for us at the Globe. The Globe has a new TV show itself uh, up in Boston that's on. Yes. You can catch before Red Sox game. So Steph will be involved in that as well. Uh, and you're right. I mean, look, it's, it's one of those things. I remember I re- I, I'm still uh, it's not that far off that I remember the first meeting I had with Globe. Uh, to say, hey, what do you think about this thing in Rhode Island? And to now have, you know, eight or nine staffers that are uh, either reporting or editing specifically covering Rhode Island. I think I think we have answered the question of, you know, will there be enough Rhode Island coverage in the Globe to justify a subscription? So I encourage everybody, get out there, subscribe to the Globe. We've got lots of good stuff. Um, and, and, and also that regional flavor of sports and, you know, big things happening, you know, throughout the region, especially in Massachusetts. Dan McGowan, um, I did speak. I interviewed Attorney General Peter Nerona the other day. It, um, it, it, but look at that. In, in less than two weeks, I had Dr. Motter and then uh, the Attorney General. But we, I'm just curious, where do you think stand, things stand right now? Of I found it interesting. Every time he does an interview, I pick up a little bit more. With me, he you know, goes out of his way. There's so much he says without fully coming out and saying it, whether it be – uh, you know, we had a very good meeting with Speaker, Speaker Sakachi, a really good meeting with the Senate president. Um, obviously, implied, he, you know, the governor won't make time for him. But Dan McGowan, the bottom line, is Governor McKee going to amend his budget to put in? I, I think the attorney general, at the very least, is making a very compelling argument to some of the lawmakers up on Smith Hill. Yeah, my guess is that, that the attorney general is going to get what he wants, but it's going to come through that, you know, sometime in early June when the House Finance Committee, you know, when the smoke comes up and, and the House Finance Committee has an amended budget, that it will include, uh, you know, the attorney general's money. But I don't think it's going to come from a request from Governor McKee. There's a couple of factors there. I mean, one is, is it is very true. The governor and, and the attorney general do not see eye to eye. But you almost think in, in, in you know, you talking to Peter Nerona, certainly I have, uh, you, you almost get the sense that, that Peter Narona dislikes the governor more than the governor dislikes uh, Peter sure. Narona. Uh, but there is a lot kind of happening there behind the scenes. But then the other thing is you think about the politics. I think I think House Speaker uh, Shikarchi is smart enough to, to know that, you know, hey, we'll look like the heroes if we come out and we say, hey, one of the big investments this year is we're going to, you know, expand the attorney general's office because he has been doing so much. He kind of looks like the hero or the Senate looks like the hero. Probably maybe even together they come out and do this. Um, and so that's my guess on how that will play out. Uh, but I think it's, it seems fairly clear unless, you know, you're starting to hear some of these, these revenue estimates come in and they're, they're not looking good. The state's going to face some financial challenges. But when you talk about a couple of million dollars, I think this is an easy win, um, you know, again, for the lawmakers to, to say, hey, look what we're doing for, uh, you know, for this attorney general. But, I mean, you're right, like, the the back and forth i mean he i know that that he's you know dismissing this idea of 
that he, you know, he wants to be the governor. But every every interview he does, he like holds out a little bit, right? There's, yep. there's I don't really want to be the governor except if this, 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 and this happens. And and it does seem like he's at least laying the groundwork for uh for that talk to continue. He yes. likes the talk. What what do you think of him on Twitter? You know, John, you asked this last week. I think actually we, we now this is the third week in a row that we've talked yeah. about this. And I gotta say, at first I was kind of mesmerized by it. I thought it was very cool. Last week I was a little bit like, oh, you know, it's, it's a little cringy, as the kids might say. Uh, and and now I kind of still feel that way. I, I I almost feel like he is sort of overdoing it in the sense of. You know, it's fun for journalists, it's fun for reporters, it's fun for people who are insiders um, to, you know, to kind of pay attention to this. At the same time, if you're the average person, and, and I do see some of these reactions, people say, what, what are you doing all day if you're, if you're sitting around <laughs> tweeting? Now, you and I both know you can work and tweet at the same time, yeah. that kind of thing. But I, I do think he runs that risk of maybe you know, coming across as a little too clever, a little too much on, uh, you know, online. Um, and, and so he, he has to be careful with that. Now he's going to be off for the next, you know, couple of weeks because he's, right. he's having surgery. So it, it could calm down or I guess, I suppose. Could ramp up. From bed and, and that might be fun for you and I. And, and, yeah, he and could pull a Trump else. start doing it at like 3 a.m. Now, folks, also uh, in the Boston Globe, and this is interesting, Dan McGowan, and it's your colleague at Fitzpatrick, Rhode Island marijuana business hampered by delay in creating Cannabis Commission. You know, and uh, you think of everything that went into the buildup of this. And, like, this is unacceptable. And it is true. Like, the first thing that it highlights is you do see these billboards all over the place. And I, I know a couple. I know, I think, three of the people that run these operations. And... You know, they, they've said they'd, they'd like to advertise and they can't advertise because, like, I, I just can't imagine with everything that's happened, how is this being held up? Well, and particularly, I mean, we just said, you know, you're, the state is facing some level of, you know, of, or, you know potentially a revenue kind of shortfall or, or just less than they thought they were going to get. You do have a chance here to potentially, you know, charge for advertising, make some more money, those kind of things. This is like, a, you know, in some ways an economic thing. It's also just it, it, it's stunning to me that this was supposed to happen, you know, 40 days after last March. So, you know, we're, we're almost a year, maybe even more than a year behind on appointing this commission, which uh, is not good. Now, the governor says, look, it takes a while. you got to have a background check, all these other things. Something tells me that if they made it, you know, even close to a top priority, that they've been able to get it done uh, by now. It, it, it does sound, I don't know. I mean, unless there's a backstory here, it sounds like, is it that, that Governor McKee, he wants his people, so he's holding out for, for his people? Um, it does seem a little odd. Now, there's also folks in the Globe, uh, Dan's colleague with the Boston Globe, Beth Tadell, has a fantastic, she's hilarious, talented, yeah, <laughs> on Bed Bath and Beyond, or as Drudge Report called it, Bed Bath and Bankrupt. Um, Dan McGowan, very soon you're about to enter a new chapter of your life. In the meantime, folks, we have a, one more time before Baby McGowan arrives. But in the meantime, oh, by the way, what's what's going to happen with uh, with Roadmap while you while you're off? I believe they're gonna. A couple of my teammates are gonna split it for for because okay. uh, I'll be off for a while. You know, yeah. people aren't gonna hear me for twelve weeks. Uh, I'm taking every bit. You know, it, when you were when you were a, a, a young father, I don't think you were getting twelve weeks from not, your employer. No. But I, I'm more than happy to to take as much time as they give me. That's fantastic. <laughs> In the meantime, how can people get roadmap? Very simple. Uh, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Send me a blank email. You don't have to do anything else. RINews at globe.com. RINews at globe.com. I'll sign you up. You'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Go Celtics. Go Knicks. Dan, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Sam. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 
Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot, J, letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730, online at jperrypaving.com, and look for them on Facebook. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now, former Chief of Staff of the National Security Council, and it's Fred. And Fred, I want to make sure I pronounce your name, last name correctly. Is it Flights? Fred Flights? Yes. All right. Fred Flights. Fred, um, I want to start off. You know, there's just been, uh, we've been through this period of time, and your expertise is foreign affairs Let's just start off with, I'm very curious to hear you sum up what you feel our situation is right now with China. Well, I think China is an existential threat to our security. It's an immediate threat. It's a growing threat over the long term. Uh, Clearly, uh, relations with China have seriously deteriorated over the past two years. And I think we've seen in every realm, uh, economic, military, intelligence, uh, that Iran, uh, China is in, is engaged in basically a war with the United States for global domination. And um, what's troubling is that I think relations have deteriorated because China relation, relation with China have been so badly handled by this administration, both from foreign policy incompetence across the board, from a weak foreign policy, uh, a foreign policy that prioritizes climate change over serious threats, and uh, just not recognizing the threat from China, I, I think, has caused this threat to significantly expand. And I'm, I'm worried where it's going. Fred, how would you describe, you know, because I was having this discussion with someone and they said that China is our enemy. Would you say, are they our enemy? Are they our adversary? You know, I was arguing, OK, um, I was arguing that, you know, Mexico, Canada, they're. Uh, competitors of ours, but they're allies. But how would you describe our relationship? How would, what is China to us? This is part of the problem with this administration that says that China is a competitor. Sometimes they call it a strategic competitor. No, Mexico and France and Japan are competitors. Yep. Okay. They're competing for influence, for trade. I like to call China an adversary. I don't like to use the word enemy right. because I would like to have a peaceful relationship with it. But we need to recognize that this is not a state that wants to be engaged in a fair competition with other states. This is a state that wants to do anything to win. That's not competing. That's not uh, uh, sportsmanship, if you can have that on the global stage. You know, when we compete for trade with the French, somebody wins, somebody loses, people aren't happy. Uh, but, you know, we, we, when we're competing with China, it's, 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 it's a whole different level. Would it be fair then, Fred, to say that North Korea and Iran, those are two countries, maybe Syria, they would fit the category of not an adversary, but maybe maybe they fall more more into the category of enemy. I guess that's right. Yeah, I, okay. I still I, I still try not to use the word enemy sure. because I, I, okay. I'd like to salvage relations, but yep. I, they're certainly not competitors. Okay. Now, what about Russia? I mean, they're the same way. Then they. I don't think we would describe them as our enemy, but they're definitely an adversary. It's important that we that we the Russians don't think that we're enemies because we we have to find a way to end this terrible war in Ukraine and stop Russia from moving towards China. Certainly China's act. I'm I'm certainly Russia is acting like an enemy Uh, and like it's led by a a, a ruthless autocrat who who is, uh, you know, frankly just as diabolical as the chinese but the problem is that russia doesn't have the resources russia is a is a a shadow of what the soviet union used to be putin doesn't want to accept that it's a much much weaker country it has a, an economy i think the size of italy's 
and uh, it's dangerous because of its military and its nuclear arsenal, uh, but it is a country in serious decline. Fred, I'm curious, again, folks, we're speaking with Fred Flights, former chief of staff, National Security Council under the Trump administration. Um, what, what, what was the dynamic? How could someone like Putin be so wrong about the invasion of Ukraine? Well, you know, when you the, the, the advantage of democracies is that leaders are come in and out and, and if they don't succeed, they're voted out or they fail. But when you have a um, situation like this with autocracies or dictatorships, you have leaders who stay forever, whether they're competent or not. They're surrounded by yes men who tell them what they want to hear. Um, Putin underestimated the strength of the Ukrainian military and the capabilities of his own military, my guess is because he wasn't told the truth. He wasn't given realistic assessments because people were afraid to give it to him. Yep. And he was living in a fantasy world. He had this distorted view of history that Ukraine really isn't a country. And uh, now we have this uh, disastrous uh, stalemate that uh, he's involved in his country and in Ukraine. Um. Fred, I'm just also um, curious right now, what what do you think, what is the, the biggest, um, as far as the United States, what are some hot spots around the world that, that you take note of and that should be on the radar and maybe sometimes they're not getting the coverage they should be getting? Well, we talked about uh, Russia and China, yeah. but uh, really there's been very little focus on North Korea now. Um, uh, North Korean President Yoon was uh, welcome to Washington for a state visit and a state dinner in Washington this week. But that dinner was rushed out. And the reason is because the Biden administration really has neglected North Korea. It has a part-time envoy to deal with North Korea. Um, the North Koreans tested a record 75 missiles last year. They may be preparing a seventh underground nuclear test. And I'm, I'm happy to see that the Biden administration is moving towards addressing the security concerns of South Korea and to address this uh, growing threat from North Korea. But uh, really, they are they, they have uh, quite a ways to catch up. Now, Fred, pivoting back just for a moment, Russia, Ukraine, you know, we, we're hearing, first of all, this has obviously gone on much longer than than Putin would have thought, maybe even others thought that that it would happen. But how do you see the next what, what's going to be important over the next three to six months in that conflict i think that ukraine is entering a difficult time i believe they'll make some significant gains on the battlefield during this spring offensive but ukraine is not going to take back most of its territory and has to face the reality that the high level of military support it's getting from the united states is not going to continue indefinitely and I fault both the Ukrainian government and the U.S. government for not emphasizing the urgency of peace talks and reaching a ceasefire. Biden's approach of, we'll, well, we will arm Ukraine for as long as it takes is not realistic and will not be supported in Congress. And he doesn't seem to have a strategy beyond that. Now, Europe sees that we had to find a way out of this. The Brits, the, the Germans and the French, they're pressing the Ukrainian government to to seriously move towards peace talks and to come up with a peace plan. Uh, that's something the Biden administration needs to do. Now, Fred, where we're speaking right now, 45 minutes, I could get in the car and in 40 minutes, 45 minutes, be where that that airman, the National Guard, um, where they arrested him over, over the documents. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on just that whole situation, how it was treated. Um, it, it's, um, it, it, it's obviously you know, very puzzling, I find it, to why someone 21 years old exhibiting the behavior he was exhibiting would have access to that kind of intelligence. No, these are good questions. This this gentleman was 21 years old, but he did have a top secret clearance. He was working in a computer tech job uh, at, at Fort Bragg. So he had access to top secret systems but there apparently was not uh, proper monitoring and auditing of what he accessed, monitoring and auditing of what he was printing. And I think the vetting process to give him access to, to a top secret clearance clearly uh, was flawed. And another part of this is that there's just too many people in the U.S. government who have access to information that they don't have a need to know. 
so, I mean, on multiple levels, there are serious problems here. We have to have there has to be an aggressive program to remind people who have security clearances that they have to honor the agreement they made to protect classified information. And when we re-up people for clearances, they have to go through a robust reinvestigation process. We can't wave them through. Was, is, was he, is he a friend in your mind? Is he a whistleblower? No, it looks like this is someone who is trying to impress his buddies in yeah. a gaming in a game room. Uh, you know, I, I haven't heard that he claimed that, but it doesn't doesn't look that way. No, and Fred, just finally, I mean, if you could touch on, you know, the danger of leaking out of who we have listening devices with and our conversations, and I mean, many times people throw around, you know, it's a risk of national security, but but. I mean, this this seems to fit under the guise of potentially the information he was putting out. It it certainly it doesn't strengthen our national security. No, it it, it talked about American intelligence sources and methods. Those the most those are the most important secrets, uh, confidential discussions we've had with our allies. Some of these intelligence systems, when they're compromised, they. You know, we lose them, and they may have cost billions of dollars to develop. And lives are put at risk when sensitive intelligence is, is released sometimes. Uh, people who took a real chance by helping the United States, by telling us something uh, that's going on in their governments, maybe a Russian, maybe a Chinese citizen, maybe an Iranian, the Iranian government now knows who those people are. They could be killed. Again, folks, former Chief of Staff, National Security Council in the Tripe Administration, Fred Flights. Fred, an honor to speak with you. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you again. Anytime. Thanks much. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 401- 305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health pop in and see marie 1099 menden road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland again call marie 401-305-3585 diagonally across from davenport restaurant You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, Governor McKee is celebrating the fact that he has in the House, and they're all so excited. Folks, you want to talk about where the state is broken right now, that they are celebrating and trumpeting that they are now going to have taxpayer-funded abortion for state workers, as if that's an accomplishment how in God's name is that an accomplishment? It just shows you where the McKee priorities are. It also just shows you the direction where the state is right now. I, I really, I question the amount of money that is spent on state government, the amount of money that is spent on all those people up on Smith Hill, and how much it costs to run that, and all the machinations that go along with January to June, and what's at stake, and what they debate, and all these different issues um if they you know you you saw during covid where the general assembly they were unable to meet did we shut down did the, did the state shut well that was different that the state did kind of shut down but another to do with that my point is um i i think it's not enough is is looked upon of how much it costs to run that whole thing up in smith hill and all the people that are employed by it it's really just a huge machine it's a huge money grab. Our form of government right now, I don't find it particularly productive. And this is the type of thing they focus on. You know, and as I've I've said in the past, why no one can explain. It's not about, you know, this whole thing of reproductive freedom and reproductive and blah, blah, blah. And that's not what it's about. 
It's not what it's about. Why, why should t- no one has a legitimate argument of why taxpayers should have to pay for this? It's it, it's asinine. It, it is. It's actually embarrassing, is what it is. And Governor McKee, Governor McKee, trying to trumpet this like it's a big deal that he's accomplished. You know, as I said, if someone gains weight and suddenly they're diabetic, should we have to pay for that? What about if someone does something injured their back? Now they have back problems. Should you have to pay for that? Why do we have to pay for this? I mean, it, it, it just it doesn't stand to reason. And I think it, it, it speaks a lot, very loudly, of where we are as a state. That This is the sort of thing that they focus on. This is the sort of thing that Governor McKee, you know, thumps his chest with. Ludicrous. Our, our health care system, as the Attorney General has pointed out, is collapsing. The state is completely business unfriendly. These people are just wasting time and space, and it's very expensive on top of that. What a disgrace. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich right across from felicia's at med urgent care when you have an emergency they specialize ambulatory medicine they provide immunization school and sports physicals at at med urgent care they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now, if you're in a car accident, go to AtMed Urgent Care. Avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms. They also do adult vaccinations, laboratory testing. AtMed Urgent Care, when it's an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right, in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even tiktok plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. <laughs> 